Hi, my name is Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. And you're listening to Wine, the long and the short of it. In proud partnership with Give Wine a Future. How well do you know your wines? From the simple to the complex, from acidity to Zinfandel. Welcome to Wine, the long and the short of it. My name is Antonia Dominguez, the long. And my name is Linda Coogan, the short. Between us, we have over 30 years collective experience in wine buying, wine retail and wine education. Every week we discuss a topic, product or trend from the world of wine. Welcome everyone to this very special episode, the first of our producer profiles featuring the renowned and still family-owned Massey Wineries, known for their outstanding wines, but also for being leaders in sustainability and innovators. And we are talking to Giacomo Boscaini, seventh generation um, export manager and brand ambassador, I should say, Giacomo, for the winery. You're Correct. very welcome. We're delighted to be talking to you today. Thank you, Linda and Antonia. Thank and you so much. And we're enjoying a beautiful glass at the Carnival. <laughs> Viva, Sláinte. Sláinte. You say that, right? Yeah, Sláinte. Yeah, well said. So, um, Giacomo, our listeners, particularly listeners in Ireland, are very familiar with the Massey wines, um, deeply rooted in Valpolicella. But you also have vineyard land in Argentina. So, for our listeners, can you give a little introduction about your vineyards in both Valpolicella and, and mm-hmm. Argentina? Yes, but first I want to say that uh, it's true. Ireland is really, really important country for us. We have been here represented by Finlater and Co. for more than 20, 23 years. Mm-hmm. So wow. we have a lot of history here in Ireland and a lot of memories. I can tell you that we still have a beautiful... What is the Irish game you have here? Com- uh, hurling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have the instrument uh, well, to play. Hurl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in our museum in wow. Valpolicella. Really? With all the signature of a Finlater team and uh, and other Irish personalities. Excellent. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, and all the people always visiting the winery stop in front of this strange <laughs> instrument for us. <laughs> Okay. That's excellent. So you're ambassadors for Ireland as well. Like yes. Italy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Great. So we are rooted. We are based in the heart of uh, Valpolicella Classica, and uh, I underline immediately Classico. You know that when it's about the Valpolicella appellation, so in the countryside of Verona, when on the bottle is right Classico, like Amarone Classico, Valpolicella Classico. Recioto Classico, it's because the grapes are coming from the heart of the appellation. And, and we have vineyards only in the most uh, uh, historical uh, portion of, of Valpolicella appellation. And um, it was a project of, uh, of the winery, but specifically of my uncle, Sandro Boscaini, the president, um, many years ago to try to uh, create wines with our know-how uh, but outside Valpolicella, with other grey varieties, uh, and uh, after many uh, trials and experiments in many different parts of the world, we ended up in, uh, in Argentina, 
in Uco Valley, south of Mendoza, at 1,000 meters high, and we planted there our Corvina, the queen mm-hmm. grey variety of Valpolicella and Amarone, and we planted also Pinot Grigio in Argentina. All right. Yes. Okay. Uh, and so why did you choose specifically Uco Valley there? In, Uco Valley. Yeah. We needed... Uh, uh, First of all, uh, uh, we needed a, a nice wine region where to start our project. We tried, uh, uh, we started in uh, Hungary, but then mm-hmm. uh, we were not happy. Then we tried also in some other part of the world. And at the end in Argentina, also because Argentina and Italians are very close, mm-hmm. <laughs> because there was uh, a big uh, um, emigration, emigration mm-hmm. from Italy to Argentina. Um, we found a very good opportunity and the climate there is fantastic to produce wines with a passimento technique. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a passimento is our, um, is our technique, our special technique that it's, it's part uh, of uh, Valpolicella heritage. Uh, passimento consists in uh, drying the grapes before to produce the wine and there at 1,000 meter high, without humidity, with sandy soil, with big uh, uh, um, different temperatures from morning to evening, is the perfect uh, terroir mm-hmm. to uh, to hand uh, the appassimento technique. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. No, I think actually you've raised a point that I think Linda, it's worth mentioning here because. A lot of consumers, they don't really understand, you know, you see Valpolicella Superiore or something mm-hmm. and they see Ripasso and they see Amaroni. Can you give like a little brief explanation of the differences for the consumer to yes, understand? Yes, of course. Thank you for, for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I can use uh, the, the pyramid no? of, uh, mm-hmm. of the wine production in Valpolicella. Valpolicella, first of all, sometimes for, for whom is not really into the wine can be, uh, can be tricky. Valpolicella, first of all, is a geographical uh, region, mm-hmm. but at the same time is also a wine region. <laughs> and, uh, and the region, without talking about the wine, is wonderful. It's located exactly in between Verona City, the city of Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. and Garda Lake in Veneto region, so in the northeast of Italy. And it's beautiful uh, also to do uh, tourism and uh, and to leave the city or Valpolicella or the near uh, Garda Lake, the biggest lake in Italy. So it's a very nice uh, area. At the same time, it's a wine region. And at the same time, it's also a kind of wine. Mm-hmm. Valpolicella, which is the base of all our wines. Valpolicella is a simple, fresh, juicy uh, drink, very drinkable red wine, uh, light in alcohol, uh, light in the structure, uh, always uh, made with uh, uh, indigenous grape varieties, such as Corvina, Rondinella, Molinara, and many others. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't normally be mentioned on, on a label that's Valpolicella. Exactly, well. exactly. It's a, it's a combination of, uh, of different uh, varieties. So it's a uh, Geographical region is a wine region and is a wine. Mm-hmm. And this wine, as I told you, is, is the base. Then uh, if we want to have uh, more structure, we have uh, Valpolicella Superiore. It means uh, more aging in the bars and uh, also a higher percentage of alcohol. By the way, we are talking about 12, 13 uh, in alcohol, no mm-hmm. more. 
Then we have uh, Valpolicella Ripasso, which is uh, mm, a combination between an Amarone and a Valpolicella. Above a Valpolicella Ripasso, we have Amarone della Valpolicella. So very uh, important structure, important wine, full-bodied. Uh, is considered to be one of the greatest three Italian wines together with Barolo and Brunello. But like my uncle always says, Amarone starts with A and not with B. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, the, um, uh, together with Amarone, uh, we have a ricotto produced exactly in the same way of Amarone, but is a sweet wine, red sweet wine. And so for people who don't understand the appassimento, how yes. does that come into the production of a ripasso and an amarone? Yes, sure. sure. Uh, appassimento is uh, strictly connected to Valpolicella. No, we see appassimento now in a lot of different labels. Uh-huh. The magic word appassimento, but is strictly connected to uh, Valpolicella. And also, I can tell you more, um, we applied for appassimento to be recognized as U- UNESCO heritage. Mm. We are waiting for the final uh, response of, of Europe for okay. that. So that would stop wines from like Puglia yeah, and so on it. having appassimento on the label. Yeah, I, I don't know if this will be the result, okay. but for sure it will be uh, an important recognition of uh, the technique with uh, its historical wine region, which is Valpolicella. So Passimento consists in drying the grapes before to press them. And it's really something particular and unique of uh, Valpolicella because our grapes can improve the structure and the quality during this period of drying process. And not all the grapes can do it, but because of the climate of Garda Lake, because of the beautiful hills, hills that we have, because the Alps exactly at the north of Valpolicella cover us from the freezing winds coming from Ireland. Sorry. <laughs> in Valpolicella, <laughs> in Valpolicella uh, there is this magic that permits uh, the grapes to improve the quality and the structure. Okay. And so during this period, the grapes are living on, the traditional technique is uh, uh, to leave them on bamboo racks. So like big table of, uh, of bamboo racks uh, in a controlled condition. We are talking about uh, uh, um, cold drying process. It's not with uh, warm uh, rooms mm. or with w- um, warm temperatures, but it's a slow cold process when you say cold what kind of temperature cold uh, i'm italian so 14 degrees <laughs> i was thinking 14 degrees maybe for tropical you, in for, our for you. <laughs> yes no but let's say in, uh, in natural condition without to warm uh, up uh, okay. the rooms okay and during this process the grapes lose water mm-hmm. and they have a, a concentration of almost everything yeah. colors um structure tannins mm-hmm. Sugars as well that we will transform in in alcohol and in structure. Mm-hmm. So for the ripasso, yeah, you are leaving the 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 skins of the grapes that you use that were dried out to make an amaroni. You pass it through your base wine, or you exactly. leave your base wine macerate on those on so, those skins uh, and on. Like the, like you say, yeah. uh, after amarone production, we take. Uh, uh, 
I mean, the other wineries take because Masi uh, doesn't uh, produce any more ripasso, but the ripasso technique consists in taking a fresh valpolicella and passing it through uh, the skins after Amarone production. Okay, and then yeah. with Amarone? And with Amarone, instead, we are talking about a 100% uh, dry grapes wine. Uh-huh. So all the grapes used for Amarone are dried before to press them for two months, three months, three months and a half. Yep. And it's the same for Ricciotto. Okay. So I have a question. Last year, early last year, I visited Valpolicella. I never made it to Massi, but I made it to some, some wineries. We wait you the next time. Thank you. <laughs> I will be there. But um, I suppose the traditional perception of Amaroni and the traditional style is a rich, robust, high-alcohol Amarone. And mm-hmm. Linda, we talked about this, and you were talking about how that's your end of Christmas day yeah. with your blue cheese and all of that. Um, but some of the wineries I visited said they are trying to pull back on that traditional style, and they're trying to make their Amarones more fresh, um, a little bit brighter, more juicy. Um, what, where would you guys fit within the stylistic differences of an Amarone? What, what you are saying is true. Uh, Amarone is, is changing and we are very happy about that. What I can tell you about Masi style is that uh, our Amarone has been always uh, very balanced, like you described it before. Um, we believe uh, in an important wine, but not only in muscles. For us, our most important characteristic in Masi wines is the balance and is the freshness. We always look to have uh, uh, an important uh, backbone of, of acidity that doesn't mean the wine is uh, acid mm-hmm. acidic yes yeah. but but you need also the freshness into the wine and so i think uh, our flagship amarone which is uh, amarone costa sera is is a beautiful example of this uh, balance and, and freshness even if it's a is a full body wine with with 15 in alcohol but you you never perceive Mm-hmm. The, the the alcohol in this wine because at the same time uh, is a, is a soft is round with this illusion of sweetness because of the technique appassimento. Mm-hmm. It's the mark of a really great wine, isn't it? To have that balance, to be able to achieve that style, and it's not overdone, and I have you know the balance of the freshness. So yeah, and you are really well known for your single vineyard Amarone wines. Yes. They they have been described like the gentle giants. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> yes. I love the way you said illusion of sweetness, because a lot of people perceive, you know, wine. Sometimes they go, oh, it's really sweet, but it's not. It's just the process. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Um, so let's talk about sustainability, because that's why we're really here. Yeah. Um, and Massey is certainly leaders in this area. Um so can you tell us a little bit about the sustainability ethos and practices of Massey and the benefits that you're seeing from those practices? For us, sustainability is, is very important. Uh, it's, uh, it's a word that uh, is, is, is used a lot uh, during the, the last years, but we believe in sustainability. But for us, uh, it's more a kind of a sensibility no Mm -hmm. a sensibility a sensibility more than sustainability and at the end is sustainability um i like to say that talking about masi um, we celebrated the last year antonia our 250 years 
of uh, uh, from the first uh, harvest. That's amazing. And I like to say that if you don't use uh, sensibility and therefore sustainability, you don't stand for 250 years. And yeah. I think this one is the first example uh, regarding Tumasi, mm-hmm. uh, regarding Tumasi, regarding to the sustainability. We have a specific, all the uh, um, activities that we do for the environment, but not only for the environment. Uh, sustainability has to be also, uh, sustainability is ethic, Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. and uh, is um, it, it's much more than only working with uh, with organic in the vineyard. Uh, so all our activities about that are we have a specific project that we call Mazi Green. There is also a dedicated website where it's possible to find all the initiatives mm-hmm. uh, that we do for for the environment, for the ethic, and for the uh, relationship with our stakeholders because okay. also that is sustainability. Mm, I love that. I absolutely love that because it's such a buzzword sustainability at the moment. Everyone is talking about it. But I suppose how long for a winery like Mazi, how long have you been, you know, making these changes and thinking about the future generations? I mean, you're the seventh generation. How how far back would your father have been mindful mm. of vineyards in the future or is it something that's just because of global warming that people are paying more attention to now or or anything? That's why I spoke before about sensibility because uh, back in the years that there was not this important word sustainability, no? but with uh, logic, yeah. with uh, sensibility, with uh, loving what you are doing and, and, and your, your, your land because we survive because uh, uh, because our land, because the grapes are coming from the land. And we always treat uh, the land uh, in the best way possible. That's why I can tell you already uh, 30 years ago, for example, more, probably more than 30 years ago, we decided to quit uh, herbicide. Mm-hmm. When you were obviously only a baby. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, <laughs> almost, almost, yeah. yeah. And um, so there is, uh, we have always had uh, attention mm-hmm. for, for our I minds, mean, years for our company, for yeah. our mm. people, for the Mazi people, no? Mm, because 30 years ago, was be, you know, before organic became... No, there was nothing. There was no there was organic. Nothing. Was. And what you just said, I think, is... is it was the Vietnam. Yeah, it's yeah, true. <laughs> no, but what you said is really important because, um, I mean, there's organic and then there's being sustainable and ethical, you know, and I, I think it's really important to be the latter. I mean, what do you think is important in terms of what goes on the label? Do you think a consumer connects with organic or sustainable? Because, because this is interesting. Last week when I did my MW exams, yeah. there was a question on a paper about what should be on a label, on a wine label. And we'll come back to this question <laughs> at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, environmental credentials are important, right? I mm-hmm. mean, if you have gone to, if you as a, as a winery, as a, you know, viticulturist are going through the efforts of farming organically, of farming biodynamically, not using herbicides, not using you know, pesticides, pesticides, 
you you know you should be able to highlight that on on the label but does the consumer connect with the idea of organic do they connect with the idea of sustainable i mean what what's your view on that um i i i think organic certification can be can be something important of course uh, organic certification on the wine it means that no any kind of chemical has been used uh, in the vineyard um but uh, but I always believe uh, in the balance, like uh, the, the nice balance we have in our wines. I think also in our lives and in our job and in our way to treat the vineyards and, and the wines in the cellar, we need balance, which is much more important than just a certification in the back label. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is my opinion. For the consumer, I think, uh, yes, organic can be something... So a plus can be a plus, mm-hmm. but we don't have to think that the wines without uh, certification are are something bad. Mm. Uh, we need to know um, probably how the winery work yeah. works and what what they are doing. Can be a plus the organic for sure, but uh, it's not uh, it's not uh, the bible. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to say. And, and not all wine regions can practice organic. Exactly. Like they can't because they have to spray to protect the grapes or they will have no vintage. Yes. So I think consumers may not understand that enough. Um, so, yeah, it's mm-hmm. great to, to hear as well. But this is why these conversations are so important, you know, for our listeners. I, I mm-hmm. have been in, you know, Linda and I, we've both worked in retail and I have seen customers come into the stores and say, have you got any organic wines? That you know, won't get me drunk. Specifically <laughs> organic. They they rarely come in and ask, have you got any sustainable wines? Wines that are made by wine, wineries who practice, you know, sustainable. Yeah, of maybe. Yes. Yeah, practices across the winery in terms of not just the vineyard, but their employees, their mm. ethics. Yeah. We uh, talking about Mazu, we are also part of, uh, of a sustainable project of the government called uh, Viva Sustainable Wines. And we have been selected by our uh, government and they monitor our vineyards and our process in the viticulture. Uh, to see uh, um, how much we can save in terms of... uh, um, CO2? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, great. So let's talk about... You were were going to ask, Linda, about the packaging innovations coming from Mazi in terms of, you know... Also, that one is sustainability. Mm. Uh, Yeah, Mazi, the fresco was the first wine that I did um, when I was on national radio in Ireland a year ago. Um, because I was so impressed with the lighter weight bottle, the recycled label, the fact that there was no foil on it, all the the positive things that you were making and um, that were very innovative. So I was really, really impressed with that. And um, yeah, so tell us a bit more about the, the packaging changes that yes. you've introduced. And I know there's a new bottle coming yes. out as well. So Yes, so project, it's uh, talking about sustainability probably is the most important project that we have about sustainability we created the fresco in way to communicate two things um, about Mazi yes it's a traditional winery family owned with a very long history but at the same time we can look uh, at the future with also uh, a different kind of wine uh, different from Amarone or from important uh, Valpolicella wines this one these two wines, Fresco White and Fresco Red, they want to be 
very easy drinking, very light, low in alcohol. Okay. So the first message is Masi can be also modern and can provide wines also to the new generation, to the young people, um, and not only to the big connoisseur. Okay. <laughs> okay. The second message is that uh, is about sustainability because Fresco is probably a project 360 degree about sustainability. Um, it's a selected uh, vineyard where we cultivate. Uh, some grapes in organic with organic viticulture. Uh, we don't age the wine in barrels. Uh, the wine are fermenting uh, in a very short period in way to preserve the freshness and the fruitness of the berries. And we bottle the wine immediately after after one two months um, without a passimento, without uh, also without to use the filtration. The wine is unfiltered with spontaneous fermentation. And the wines are bottled now. Uh, you will see the new bottle in Ireland uh, probably uh, in the next weeks. Uh, in a new bottle that we designed together with a famous Italian architect and designer called Piero Lissoni. And considering the design bottle at the moment, we know is the lightest bottle you can find on the market with only 400 grams. Wow. And it's not a standard shape. Is a design uh, uh, specific bottle, uh, Masi. Masi is engraved also in the bottle, so you can see the brand. So you patented this bottle? We patented, yes. Uh, and why? I mean, I remember the, the, the current version, yes. which we have in Ireland. Why did you make another move in terms of changing? It was that? the original project from the really beginning, but um, because the pandemic and unfortunately because the world is not possible to uh, achieve the result to have uh, in the worst period ever of the glass production, it was not possible okay. to have a dedicated bottle. I see. Uh, finally, we managed to to have it, and it's really nice. You see the bottle. It doesn't look like a wine, probably, but uh, it's wine. It's a fresco white and fresco red. Uh, but uh, this is a Masi bottle. It's not only for Fresco di Masi project, but probably in the future will be used also for other wines. And this is really important because we, um, because of the weight, we save a lot of uh, CO2 during the production, mm. but much more during the, the, the transports. Yeah, yeah. This is a big one that people really don't understand yeah. because traditionally, you know, a consumer would see a heavy bottle and they think, oh, this relates to quality of the wine. And I mean, what we really need consumers to understand is that this is having costing, uh, you know, the environment a serious price if in terms you, of the transport costs and the emissions. Mm, yeah, I, I suggest uh, for, for your for your funds. If if they have a minute to watch on YouTube, we have a, we have a channel on YouTube oh, wow. and there is a very nice video where we, um, where we explain about uh, the specific bottle project. Also with uh, people of the family talking about uh, my cousin, oh. talking about the bottle, but also the Piero Lissoni, the designer. Okay. And it's really interesting how he managed to have a premium bottle because, I mean, the uh, when you see the bottle, is not something cheap. Mm -hmm. You have an idea of premiumness, I hope. Yeah. 
but at the same time uh, is only 400 grams the lightest you can okay. find what how do they how do people search for this channel on youtube what's oh, yes it's mazi thank you thank you mazi i think is mazi mazi wines okay so the the shape is smaller it's rounder it, yes. is that what's required to get the lighter weight or is there another reason for he that shape? You, it's patent. Yes, yeah, patent. Top secret. <laughs> well, he can. No, it's it's a combination between uh, design and uh, technical requirements to arrive at that uh, because, you know, it's, it's really, uh, we've been working for many years at this shape. It's not easy to reduce the weight, uh, uh, to reduce the weight and at the same time to produce a, a solid bottle. Okay, okay. So a lot of studies behind. I, okay. I can, I can tell you. That's really, really that's inspiring really and yeah. people should be taking note of that. And I know that you are a huge winery with amazing global reach for, for all of yeah. your wines. And I want, sorry, I want to mention also our partner that uh, um, th- thanks to it was possible, this project, which is Veraglia, uh-huh. is one of They're the leaders in, in the glass production. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Excellent. Um, I have a bit of a geeky question Please. and ask wine type thing oh well God. no because you just mentioned that your fresco di massi is bottled it's a what young was I wine calling it massi di fresco was i fresco di massi okay. yeah well <laughs> you know i think we get it bottled unfiltered so yes. how do you stabilize the wine this is very technical question okay. but i can answer i think i hope uh we use this uh this process that consists in decanting the wine before to bottle the wine so we we go for like a sort of hyperoxidation uh-huh. at the really beginning and all the heavier components go down yep and we decant the wine without to technically filter it i understand hyperoxidation okay. yeah yeah <laughs> okay. no no good but <laughs> probably a lot no. of people won't and i won't go through hyperoxidation but now i understand so now okay. I, i'm happy i'm happy <laughs> And I did notice as well that you, in some of your material, that you are very much focused on reviving indigenous Ooh, grape yes. varieties like Corvina, like Osoleta. Why is this important to you? Like about Corvina, we have always had Corvina, let's say is our queen grape variety in Valpolicella. But yes, Osoleta is, a, is an indigenous grape variety that was uh, completely forgotten and we uh, discovered again this great variety 40 years ago mm. so it's a very at the moment is a very trendy focus about to discover indigenous great variety but mazi thanks to my uncle sandro uh, we were there already 40 years ago uh, where by chance sandro discovered again some plants of oseleta Oseleta is a very small uh, gray variety you can find only in Valpolicella, but I can tell you a secret. There is a small project also in Israel Oh. Uh, with us and with another partner, but it's very small production and is used in blend with other varieties. So Valpolicella and uh, some vines in Israel. <laughs> okay. Wow, interesting. And yeah. uh, by chance, my uncle discovered again this gray variety. It was forgotten because the production of wine from this variety is ridiculous. Uh, the the bunches are very small. The berries are very small with a thick skin and big pips inside. Mm. No juice. Yeah. Okay. And it was forgotten because it was not economically sustainable mm. back in the years. Uh, but now, uh, I I think thanks to thanks to Mazi, we see Oseleta uh, 
uh, quite uh, widely. Mm-hmm. Uh, is used for, for Amarone in a, in a small percentage for Amarone, but you can use it also for Valpolicella. And some producer like us, uh, we produce also a 100% Oseletta wine. It's very Do particular. You? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah Love only only 5,000 yeah. bottles, oh, wow. not every year. It's very particular because Oseletta, and this is linked to the appassimento process also. When I told you that not all the varieties are suitable for the appassimento, Oseletta is one of the varieties that is not suitable for the appassimento. Mm-hmm. So this wine is uh, without a drying process, but mm-hmm. the, the grapes are uh, fermented when, when fresh, immediately after the harvest. And then the wine is aged for two years in bars. I was going to say, because I remember about Ozeleta is that it's seriously high tannin. A lot of tannins. Because of what tannins. you said, thick skin and the pips. And, a lot of tannins. And how do you tame those tannins when you make a 100% Ozeleta wine? So a lot of time in barrel. A lot of time in barrel and okay. also another particular kind of treatment. Uh, in Masi, I can tell you... Uh, we are not big fan of the small barrel. We like to use medium-sized barrel and the traditional big botte. Mm-hmm. But for Roseletta, we are forced to <laughs> use uh, uh, the barrique, yeah. so the 225 liters, uh, in way to smooth the angles of this unbelievable uh, variety. Yeah, serious, isn't it? That grape. Yeah. Tough. Um, Tough. tough, tough, yeah. But, I mean, I can understand how you could bring a little proportion of that into a blend you know, for one of your Amarones and, and, um, and, you know, it really helps to kind of bring in that structure that you're looking for. Structure, nervous, acidity at the same time, so balance. So you brought the Corvina to Argentina. Why did you think Corvina was suited to, to Argentina? Uh, we wanted to produce a wine with Corvina outside Valpolicella Mm -hmm. and we found the good climate there. And it's very good because there is a big difference of temperature and so for the drain process is amazing okay great can i ask a question about what your opinion is on smaller wineries what changes that they could make um, that may not have the budget and infrastructure and staff that you would have to make changes that they could be more sustainable have you any advice yeah smaller wineries no i'm not the person able to give advice <laughs> i'm uh, I'm a poor farmer from Valpolicella. <laughs> but w- what can I say is that uh, it's not uh, important to do a revolution, Linda. Okay. It's important to step by step. We don't have to make any revolution, but if we all together, step by step, we do small things for the sustainability, we will benefit all together in, in the future. And it's also difficult for a small winery to do revolution, no? But... Uh, Starting uh, having uh, a sensibility, mm-hmm. no, a logic way to approach the the viticulture and the wine production is a, is the first step. And, yeah. and conversations like this of just people being aware and being educated from consumers to people working in the trade. So hopefully people will learn um, a lot from this. You thought it was going to be an interview. It's more of a casual chat. <laughs> Thank <isn't> you. Well, <laughs> I think you. that's a really nice note to end on, actually. We did have one controversial issue we wanted to maybe raise. I have very strong feelings, I'm sure you do too, mm-hmm. about the recent legislation that has been passed in Ireland in relation to labelling and health or potential health hazards 
uh, on the labels. And this, I believe, will be um, come into effect in 2026 with um, a very strong reaction from Italy and other countries. And I think justifiably so. What are your are your views on that, Giacomo? It's, well, do uh, people know what you're talking about? Well, I just said that the legislation that's been passed in Ireland in relation to health warnings on a label. So, you know, potential connection to cancers and all of this that's been passed in Ireland. I can tell you that I'm really sorry for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't expect something like that from Ireland in, in Italy and uh, all over the world, I can tell you, because all, all of course, all, all the countries, um, producers of wine uh, didn't expect uh, this kind of legislation which is a bit too much from my point of view and I think it's not acceptable. Uh, <laughs> I will be very sincere. Mm-hmm. Is correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely sincere. Yeah, Sincere with you. Uh, also, in the way they decide that this specific label has to be written, it's not potential cause of cancer. Uh, if I'm not wrong, you, have, you are forced to write uh, it cause cancer. And, and it's not acceptable. Uh, it's like wine uh, uh, is treating like, like cigarettes with an industrial product when wine is absolutely not industrial. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and we know that, we know that of course, uh, something, if you drink a lot of wine, of course, it's not good. I don't want to be blind about that. Wine has alcohol inside and alcohol is not good. But our body, without any kind of problem, can uh, can uh, uh, afford mm-hmm. a glass of wine per day without any kind of problems. So, of course, then if you drink a bottle of wine per day, it's not good. But uh, I think it's not the right way to um, to face uh, the problem. Have a look, for example, uh, uh, at the pro- beautiful project, and we are member, and also. Uh, we we talk about sustainability about the project wine in moderation mm. this is a nice way to face uh, the abuse of alcohol and to teach uh, the people to drink wine not to get drunk but to uh, feel the soul of the wine region in the glass and the history of the wine and the philosophy of, of the winery in the wine mm-hmm. and, and and to feel us um, and and to live a certain kind of uh, of life, not only to get drunk. Mm. Wine in Moderation is a beautiful European project started by George Sandeman. Mm. Uh, Sandeman, yeah. interesting. And uh, mm. so we will see now what to do. Yeah. With these, uh, but all the countries in the world, uh, we didn't expect. <laughs> what do you think? Like, what difference is it going to make to what you have to do to accommodate us? At the moment, you. Um, you export wine to over 130 countries around the world. Are we going to yeah. be eliminated now because we're demanding this on our labels? Or do you think... No, uh, I, I hope maybe it's too late, Antonia. I don't know, Linda. Uh, I still hope we can find a, a solution uh, in between. Yeah. yeah. Something more... Uh, a compromise, I suppose. A, no, not, I don't like to say a compromise because it's like we have something to mm-hmm. to hide or, yeah. or to... Um, not a compromise, but uh, a more balanced way to, to put this, uh, this thing. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree with Giacomo. I think that 
it's a very extreme position and it's potentially very damaging to the wine industry. I mean, all my family has been doing wine and now we have to accept a, a horrible uh, a uh, wording a statement. on our label and our labels are a piece of art for us, okay? The wine cause cancer is it's like an insult, if you permit No, me. I understand how you must feel about that because, I mean... The thing is, it, it's an unsupported statement. There is a lot of there are a lot of medical reports out there. It's also true that we have to pay attention in the alcohol consumption. That, that's for sure, absolutely. But there are medical reports from professors. There's one professor, Tim Spector, talks about two glasses of red wine every day, really good for your cardiovascular health and for your gut health. The French and, paradox. Yeah, but <laughs> but this is, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of information out there, and I just think to make that move that extreme move of saying we're going to make that statement even though it's not fully supported mm-hmm. is highly damaging to the wine industry and to be frank with you I'm quite ashamed that our government have made that decision mm-hmm. so um, I hope I am hopeful too that you know this can be revised and reviewed before it, it takes effect Linda's sticking her hand up <laughs> we're getting um, very uh, no, topical no, no, and heated I know um, but you just said you're proud of your labels and it's a bit of an insult. On your uh, wine label, you have a logo. Mm-hmm. Is, I'm going to read the English oh, yeah. version. Yes. Uh, the nectar of the angels for the humans. Yes. Is it in English? See. Could you say that for us? Yes, yeah, it's Latin. It's uh, nectar angelorum hominibus and is the nectar of the angels for, for the humans. I love that. And that's hardly cancerous. Product, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Like, polar this, is, this is something yeah. that we will be debating yeah. in detail again because neither of us agree with it. I will look at to the pros and cons of it, but at the moment, I find it very damaging personally as well. So, mm. apologies to of insulting you. So, no, with that beautiful <laughs> phrase on the label, <laughs> let's say it again. Focus on so that. Yeah. To end with your phrase. Your, the, my phrase, yes, Mazi phrase is yeah. Nectar Angelorum Hominibus. Lovely. Thank you so much Thank for joining so us today. It's been, it's been, it's been yes. great having you here. Really insightful. Really enjoyed. The Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. Thank you, Giacomo. Thank you. Okay. So, what do you think? We do these podcasts because we want you, our listeners, to know what's going on in the world of wine and be informed when it comes to your wine buying decisions. We always love hearing from you. So let us know your thoughts on Instagram and Twitter. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you haven't subscribed to Wine, the long and the short of it yet, make sure you do that wherever you get your podcasts. Or reach out to us by email at ourwinepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. Cheers. Cheers. You have been listening to Wine, the long and the short of it with me, Antonia Dominguez. And me, Linda Coogan, in proud partnership with Give Wine a Future.